Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. Now, once again, I'm going to keep this intro very brief because I have a very exciting guest on this week's show. Last week, I had the pleasure of speaking to Anita Taylor, founder of the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize, which celebrates its 25th anniversary in 2020. And this week, I had the extreme pleasure of talking to its 2018 winner, Caroline Burraway, who is an exceptional artist and really does tackle exceptional subject matters as well. She won the prize in 2018 for her large-scale drawing of Eden, the Cal jungle which was a portrait but almost not a portrait it it represented the many many faces of all of the refugees that Caroline interacted with when she was in Calais but these drawings are huge the one that won the prize was 150 centimeters by 125 centimeters and the first thing I am going to preface before you listen to this interview please please google Caroline Borroway's work um, because it just doesn't do it justice to describe it you really really have to see it um you know even better if you can ever see it in person but definitely have a look at what we're talking about before you listen to our interview uh caroline is exceptionally talented she's also very humble um and the things she's talking about are really really um important here is my interview with caroline I am here with Caroline Borroway, who is an artist and winner of the Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize in 2018 for her portraits of refugees. So Caroline, I think the best place to probably start is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you become an artist? Did you have formal training? Or uh, Yeah, I went to, I did my BA at Campbell College of um, Art uh, Drawing. Mm. course and then went on from there to do my master's at Central St Martin's in Fine Art from there just you know setting up my own projects and um you know just continued ever since really so is drawing your main practice I well I started off I when I was doing the drawing course by by the time I left I was prime well completely just video work for about three or four years went into my MA at St Martin's uh, film and then ended up um, having some issues with showing the work because it's always been about sort of people on the margins of society in some way so the work's quite difficult and um, the the thing with moving image it's it's sort of it the pace it moves is quite um, immediate so it pulls people into the space with it and if they're looking at things that are difficult they tend to look away and I decided to do these massive drawings of my old lady that I'd followed up to including her death for four years and um, of a baby and the two faces were side by side so it was the death mask of the old lady and the baby and um, I realized so I went back into drawing and worked with the two so my drawings come from film works from stills that I've taken in my research work the drawings allow a sense of space, a distance with which people can view the work and spend time with it. Mm. And that's important if you're asking people to, to sort of have a conversation with the work. Mm. Um, so it's very much a, the work is a collaboration between the viewer and the viewed and, it, and you need to look at it, ask questions of it, ask questions of, of yourself. And I think that the painting or the drawing allows that, that sense of distance with which you can do that. So that's why I've ended up working with, with, with both uh, mediums. So I, I go into spaces 
I take video work and then I bring it back to the studio and I, and I make uh, short videos which are more like sort of poetry if you like, they're very, very short, there's very little words if any and then I also do the drawings from there so that's kind of how it works. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you have been to some very difficult places um, to, to try and capture the experience of and the struggles of refugees as well, which we're going to talk more about um, in a second, because that's, of course, what you won the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize for in 2018. Um, but I, I mean, I guess we've kind of answered this question. My next question was going to be, how would you describe your work, your style of work as a practicing artist? I mean, I'm sure there's more you can say on that because I think um, I work in quite an ethnographic approach so I go into these spaces and um, I spend time with the people it's very much collaboration between myself and the people I try and explain what I'm trying to do and um, I try and build some kind of trust between myself and them uh, before I sort of start to work and then really looking at just their everyday life in these, in these very strange spaces. And um, it sort of, uh, it deals with that whole concept of the, of the everyday. Um, and then I take the material home and as I said, work with it in the studio. But that's, that's really the method. I mean, the point is, the reason I go to these places is that to try and put yourself in someone else's shoes is really an impossibility. But I feel at least if I go there and have some tiny, tiny understanding, you know, it's very different. I can go home to my bed at night and these people are there still. They can't, there's nowhere else for them to go. But at least I have some tiny, small understanding. And that for me, it, it has to be really authentic. The work has to have some authenticity about it. And I would feel if I was just taking images from the media, or I mean, I obviously sometimes I have to, because I also am looking back artists, you know, historically through the through time. So I wasn't sort of alive necessarily at some of the um, periods I'm looking at. But where I can, um, I go there and just yeah, just get to get sort of to have some understanding. Mm. Meet these people; they're just people, you know. But for circumstance, we could all be there. Yeah, that's the. We're all the same. That's really important. We're all people, and you're quite right in saying that um, it's just circumstance that we've ended up the way we have, and and other people have ended up the way they have. And um, I think that promoting a deeper understanding of that is really, um, you know, should be really applauded. So thank you for doing that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I know you take influence from uh, historical artists that have have absorbed themselves into a similar subject matter as well. Can you speak more about some of your influences? Yeah, I mean, I tend. I mean, I look at. I have a whole kind of library of books in my in my studio and I'm always looking back historically but I've been working on a, a series of tableaus which are based um, primarily on Goya's disasters of war and um, looking at that in context of what's gone on what's going on now um, and what's gone on uh, you know in, in the war and just looking at how artists through the centuries have looked at sort of uh, war or the abject other displacement and things like that. So, trying to trying to see how there are similarities and obviously and, and things that don't, you know, that are, are dissimilar as well. But trying to look not just at things in my own time, but also sort of taking um, artists from the past, situations from the past, because actually, if you look at what's happening now, there are there are similarities between what's happened before, and, and it's important that we remember that. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a large part of my 
process the UNESCO Human Rights Exhibition, some before last, um, which was sort of looking at these sort of small, they're quite different to the large faces that I draw. Sort of, uh, it's, it's a very, very big project. It's been going on since, two, I've been working on this particular project since 2015, 16. Yes, and of course we're talking about about the project that you, um, so in 2018, just to give some context, you won the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize um, with your portrait of Eden, the Jungle Calais, and um, the piece was, I mean, the piece was amazing. I've, I've, you know, I saw it online, I haven't seen it in person, but it was very humbling and it shows your talent as an artist and I suppose, yeah, you said you started this piece of work in 2015. It's still continuing on. Yeah, the, the project, you know, looking, it's, a hu- it's hugely important what's sort of going on in, in the world. And um, Eden, and there was another shortlisted piece, Samuel, and they were they were from Eritrea, people I met. Uh, they were living between the jungle Calais and a smaller Campanisberg in France. And I went there and spent time um, over a certain period and in there and on sent in different camps in, in France. Mm. Um, and then from there went to Athens and spent time in the camps in Athens and then from there went to Lesbos. I've kind of sort of been working my way backwards to the beginning of the journey, if you, if you like. And I'm trying, I should have been in Lesbos again last month in Moria, which is the um, biggest refugee camp in Europe. Mm. And um, I'm also trying to set up uh, and another sort of part of the project on the uh, Turkey-Syrian borders, but that's obviously COVID's kind of put a stop to that at the moment. So I'm waiting to to do that. But um, the point is about Eden and Samuel. They they're not portraits. They're they they represent the faces of all the people in in the camps, and it's and I and I see them as just the faces of um, all the individuals. They're also not really hyper-realism. Online, they're, they're sort of, you know, condensed down in the pixels. But actually, when you see them in the real, they're very much about mark-making. They, they're made up of many layers. Um, they're constantly destroyed and a constant sort of um, merry-go-round, like a little dance I do with them over a period of months of pushing them back, bringing them back forward, yeah. taking them back again. So it's sort of, that's the way it goes. So they are very much drawings when you see them. Oh can you see so that? That is uh, an Afghan lady that I met in Moria, um, oh who who uh, ran away from the Taliban. Her her son and husband were both killed. Um, this is another girl from uh, orphanage in Kenya when I was out there last summer. And this is part of a trip of Tarek, who's a Syrian refugee that I met in the camps in Athens, and then went from there to Belgium on the flight with him to be repatriated with his family after 10 years, which was an amazing experience. So, um, I mean, this is a you know, it's important to, to follow these people's lives and look at the individuals as well so that people can, people, most people won't go to these places, so I have to find a way that I can bring some understanding of what's going on to them. When you look at a piece of art, you take something of your own personal history and your own life to it. And I think um, my hope is that if people can see something of themselves and of their own life in the in the faces of these people, they'll have some sort of um, some understanding and some connection with them. And that's that's sort of to get some sort of humanistic response. It has to do a job. It's to make people stop and think about what it's trying to say and to see something something of themselves to see their, their own humanity in them. If they don't work on that level, they're not working.
So it's really interesting that you've said they're not portraiture, that they are in fact the faces of humanity. And that's really interesting. Yeah. I mentioned that, you, you know, you, you won the drawing prize for your, for your um, representation of Eden. Um, can you, can you talk more about that specific, um, the story behind, you know, meeting these people and meeting her specifically and what that was like for you and for her? Well, um, Eden was kind of, it was really lucky, to be honest, because most of the people in Calais are primarily men, and there were very few women, and Eden was one of the very few women who would talk to me at all, because you know, the culture is very much not to. So um, when I met Eden, I was actually, Samuel was kind of the oldest person I met in the camps, and he was sort of in charge of this smaller smaller camp, which had you know no sanitation, no water, nothing. And Eden was living in a small tent with, there were four of them and a heavily pregnant girl, young girl, a woman. And um, I went in there and just spoke with them. And, uh, you know, it's hard because my projects in the past have been very long term again, but they've been with people that I've been able to have a relationship with over a very long period of time. Mm. Um, one of them was four years with one lady up to including her death. You know, this is very different. You go to these places, you probably, if you go back, will never see the same people again. Mm. So, um, it's a very different experience. So everything has to happen like, much more quickly. Mm. But I think, you know, and obviously, especially in the, the, the jungle was really became quite such an awful place where, you know, people were going and it's like going to, the zoo or something people were taking pictures all the time it's really awful mm. and you know they didn't understand me like it so I would go there and I'm not a journalist I work in a very different way and um I would explain what I was trying to do ask them if they would like to be part of the project trying to sort of have some understanding for people in, in you know back in the UK mm. primarily and um if they wanted, and most people did, you know, most people did mm. want to want to work with me. But if they didn't, then that's absolutely fine. Mm. So Eden just was one of the people I, I've spoken with. Many people, mm. I can't draw all the people I meet and, and spend time with because the drawings take months. Yeah. But she had this very special quality about her. She's very sort of serene and gentle, despite the awful circumstance she was living under. So I felt that she. It was important. Kind of, how did you approach um, such a big piece of work and such a time-consuming piece of work as well? But there was there sketching involved or interviews involved, or you know, how did you come from visiting the jungle to this glorious piece of artwork? Um, well, what I do is I take all the research work, which is primarily video, um, some photographs, but primarily primarily video and. Uh, interviews and things like that and then I look through it and as I said I make some some small short um, films and then I look for it's all about the eyes and I look for that moment and I normally work with um maybe sort of two or three frames and look at, and so I look at some it's a it's difficult to explain but when I see the the footage I know that that's what I need to use because it's it's saying something about them to me and hopefully through me to to the viewer mm. um and then and also that's just a starting point for the drawings that's so you sort of put but the drawings then have to take a life of their own you have to move away from that mm. and then the the initial sort of um footage that you began with gets put aside and then they have to work in their own right as a drawing and then it becomes very much this 
I work with my fingers, you know, I'm in there with them. Uh, it's all rubbing out and fingerprints all over them. And This is very visceral. I like that. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, if you look at my studio, it's more like being in a, in a builder's merchant. It's like, you know, it's got like wire wool. And, and I think an art studio should be like that, no? <laughs> studio, yeah, it's quite funny. So I'll sort of throw bleach at them or I'll sand them down or I'll just do, I'll destroy them a lot. And if they're going too well and too perfect, if you like, I'll then destroy them again because I need something to work with. Yeah. And in that way, it makes them more real. And I don't mean real as a representation, but just yeah. a real, the realness within them. It mm. sounds kind of no, no, it gives them texture, not just as a piece of art, physically texture. It gives them a, a kind of emotional texture as well, which, yeah, yeah. I love that. Something within them, when they look at you, you feel that. Mm. And that's really important. Absolutely. And if that doesn't work, if I feel that doesn't work, then I can't expect anyone else to feel it, which is why they go on for months pushing and pulling. And, you know, I take pictures along the way with my phone and half the time I don't think they're any better. They're just different. Mm -hmm. But they're just, you know, they yeah. just, we would never finish them. But at some point you've kind of got to put the charcoal down and start yeah. again. Just to kind of go further into the materials, because I'm really interested because I, I just sort of want to know how you achieved what you achieved with the you know the, the portrait has so much to it and I'm, I'm wondering did you use charcoal and pencils and bleach and you know you've mentioned yeah, the, the big the drawings I work on so I do small graphite drawings as well which I sort of polish and that's a really weird kind of thing I got into which I found a way of working but I work reductively so I black out the paper with compressed charcoal and I use no I have I have certain rules which I've set myself and I have no idea why I have them but there are there's nothing except black charcoal and rubbing out. There's no white. The white is the paper. I won't allow anything. I won't allow any lines. There's no lines. I just have these very strange. Oh, I'm so interested. That is fascinating. I've never heard anyone work like that. And then they often, they go too far. But that's the really, that's the thing. You have to be brave. Mm. And you have to push it as far as you can mm. and of course you push it as far as you can which means you pushed it too far and then you realize it's gone too far and then you have to try and put it back mm. but if you're not prepared to push it too far well I mean you're forever going to churn out the same stuff mm. so you have to you yeah. just have to be prepared to just and I you know and I fail you have to be prepared to fail that's really important as an uh, artist yeah does the bravery is that in some way uh, relate to um a, maybe a responsibility you feel to do justice to these people um and you feel that you should be brave in, in a in a different way I, d I don't know yes I think that um art art is many things for me my art is is about public awareness and creating critical debate around you know, subjects which um, are important. So. Mm. And I think that as an artist, it's my job to bring that. My art is about that. It's not something that you put on your wall and it matches the colour of your rug or your sofa or something. I'm not interested in that. I'm not saying that there isn't art that has that as its um, place and that's, that's fine. But for me, my art is about creating public awareness about issues, being there, trying to... Um, look at the really banality of the everyday lives of people. And I've always worked with people on the margins or displaced in some way through no fault of their own. So not sort of outsiders as such, but people, um, you know, the very old, sick, the dying, you know, I've, I've um, 
was given an honorary fellowship with the Observatory on End of Life Care, and I looked at deaths in in our society for for sort of years and worked on that um, because that's something again we we put people you know we the joke that we keep people alive longer, but at the same time we're shoving them behind kind of white walls and hospital screens and we don't actually want to engage you know it's changed very much from from the past mm -hmm. and so looking at that in society and, and obviously now this this subject but um i've always dealt with that kind of thing throughout my artistic kind of career so yeah do you do you find this is an, an additional question just because i'm really fascinated do you, do you find that you have to do some mental preparation to put yourself in these scenarios and, and i know that sounds almost silly because these people are living these lives every day and but I, I wonder how it affects you emotionally to to is that part of it for you people have asked that um i think when they see the work and they don't know me they never quite put me with the work no, I mean, I, you go to these places and it's, it's tough. I mean, it's physically tough. It's, it's emotionally tough. Mm. It's far tougher for the people there. Mm. And you have to remember that. So, you know, I, um, no, I just go in and I'm, I, I, people will often relate to me quite well. They'll talk to me because I think they see that I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything other than, you know, my work and I'm not trying to take, advantage of the situation or and yeah it's 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 hard but I mean you know I did this thing years ago I followed the life of this man um, up to and including his death and, and filmed him in dying and it was really hard and at the time I remember thinking should I put the camera down because and then I thought well if I do that I'm the same as everyone else you know mustn't go there panic way because you're uncomfortable yeah yeah, that, that's too much. Put the camera down. Mustn't see that. It's too private. But at the end of the day, I feel that we have to see these things. If you can't create some kind of understanding around things, things can't change. You can't get any acceptance about anything if there's no understanding. The obviously the um, Trinity Boy Wharf Drawing Prize was yeah. you know, 2018. That was two years ago. Um, has your work? change since the drawing prize or I mean this is still the body of work that you're doing now so I suppose the answer is potentially no but you know you're still kind of what was the outcome yeah, yeah. Uh, well the outcome in the Trinity Boy Wolf which was you know the Jerwood drawing prize hmm. which we known as that originally um, it's a really hugely important prize for me is that I'm a, it's a really weird uh, name but I'm a drawer I don't paint I draw mm. and so the, it's one of the, it's the, really the most prestigious prize for drawing so it was kind of probably if you've ever seen the pictures of me when they called my name I looked absolutely shocked the reason that's such an important prize also is because it tours around and so it allows many people to see your work and that's if your work is about creating public awareness it's really important that it's out of your studio and out there in the world doing its job so the, that prize allows that to reach a really wide audience which is um which is fantastic so uh i think people should definitely get into it because you never know you know as you can see i never thought i'd win and it's it's been great and um the work no the work is the same because you know i do what i do and I'm still doing what I still do. I'm not saying that the drawings themselves possibly change. They become, I'm working a lot with more triptychs. I'm working on much more deconstruction 
of the image lying with, with what I'm looking at. So yeah. Can you talk about what you're working on at the moment? Um, I, sp- I suppose you can't be maybe specific. I know there's some things you're doing that are in the pipeline, but uh, is there anything you can talk about? Yeah. So, but I've, I have actually recently set up this project to go back into the Moria camp, but this time to work um, with uh, Movement on the Ground, who are the biggest, um, they're basically the charity there, because I want to go and document um, the many, many stories of the individuals there, which will be, uh, I'm not sure, but I think it will be shown as a piece um, against another film piece that I took when I was in Lesbos last time I went out on the boats, um, you know, for the rescue boats. We were um, went out early in the morning uh, with the fishermen and the refugee rescue were going out because there's a lot of uh, people trying to cross from Turkey over to to, to Lesbos. Mm. And um, I'm looking at using those stories and sort of the, if you like, the, the sound of humanity of what's going on against and some of the work. So that's something that's put in place for when I can travel. Mm. And then as I said from there, because I'm tracing my way back to the beginning or as far as I um, can go, I'll go up to the Turkey-Syrian borders too. And what I try and do is um, I'm trying to, I'm going there with a couple of um, uh, war reporters and cameramen. And um, we're trying to locate individual families that will talk to me or interested in spending time with me so that you, I think it's easier for people to relate to individuals. So rather than look at the thousands of people that are there in these places, if you can actually sort of bring it down to a few individuals, I think it makes it easier for people to see people as individuals and relate to that rather than this kind of mass of humanity can be difficult. So that's kind of the plan for when we can travel. Mm. And then I'll, um, and then as this, the other thing is the, uh, the installation I'm working on and obviously the drawings which take months so I'm always working on those and also I'm working on the tableau so I'm getting a lot of footage from the war in Syria which obviously um, that I'm having uh, been given to me to look through that I can use to link in with the tableaus that I'm doing which are based on the spoke about the disasters of war so there's a lot of work going on um, so yeah keep, keep me busy so excited by um by all of it i think it i think it's so important where can listeners go to find out more about what you're doing and and your work and then of course i'll give the website for the drawing prize as well that you won two years ago yeah um well at the moment my my website is actually under construction so i don't have a lot out there at the moment other than stealing my name but you know the the thing is when i have finished this body of work and it's a really cohesive really strong body of work then um, it will hopefully be shown as an exhibition. Mm. And, and it will take, it, you know, it's already been a long time and I'm not in a rush to, you know, it will take as long as it takes. Um, and I wouldn't want it out there and, unless I feel it's the strongest work I can make mm. and saying what I need it to say. Mm. Otherwise it's not going to work. Mm. So yeah, I'll let you know. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to spell your name out for the listeners so they can Google you and see what you're doing. So it's Caroline and then Caroline Burraway, which is B-U-R-R-A-W-A-Y. So definitely Google Caroline, uh, see what she's up to. And if you do want to hear more information on the Trinity Boy Wolf Drawing Prize, if you want to enter, which you definitely should, um, I think there's still time left, um, then go to the Trinity Boy Wolf uh, Drawing Prize website and it should be straightforward from there. Caroline, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been really lovely. 
Thank you. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your Friday. So there you are. That's Caroline Barraway. I really, really enjoyed talking to Caroline. She felt very reflective and authentic to me when I was speaking to her. And it was just a real pleasure to sort of pick her mind a little bit about her experience as an artist. If you do want to enter the Trinity Boywolf Drawing Prize, the deadline is the 9th of July for the main prize. So definitely get your entries in if you're interested in being part of this prize. It is the biggest prize that the UK hosts for drawing. So definitely, definitely give yourself a shot um that is all we've got time for this week thank you so much for listening once again i would like to extend my gratitude to the nhs and all the essential workers keeping us safe right now and i would also like to refresh your memory on the anti-racism resources mentioned at the end of um the last few shows they are healthline.com a british journal of photography and medium.com slash wake up call which gives a detailed list of anti-racism resources which i found really helpful so absolutely check those out they'll be um, on the resonance website as well they'll also be on the podcast description of this episode which is episode number 55 that is all we've got time for thank you so much for listening to art then and now with me anna gammons i look forward to speaking to you next week at 3 30 on resonance 104.4 fm